What's up? What's up? Set Apart fam. I'm your host, Jamie Lynn Walnow. Today is an amazing day and you're tuning in for a good reason. Do you need hope? I guarantee you're going to have it by the end of this because my guest, Javanna Charrington, and one of my best friends has stood the test of time no matter what storm has come her way. No matter what way the promise was fulfilled, she has stood and remained in hope in the word of the Lord and has seen it come to pass. So I believe that is something she can impart to you and she has imparted to me in friendship and we impart to one another on a daily basis. I'm also doing the biggest giveaway I've ever done on this podcast worth $150. Now, Javanna and her husband, Adam, have started a company called thehopebag.co. So you can go to the website, thehopebag.co. They are starting with baby bags that are backpacks. And you know, you may be thinking baby bag, cool, but also they're really cool backpacks. So keep tuning in, here we go. For those who buy a backpack, 10% of every purchase you make goes towards families who are doing private adoption because people helped provide financially for them to go through private adoption, so they are giving back. And I want to sew into them and you by purchasing a baby back for you. This week, through the end of January, they are $50 off until the, fin- the premiere launch, February 1. So how do you participate in the giveaway? First, go leave a written review for this podcast. If you've already left a written review, then that counts. Second, go follow hopebag.co. Third, repost the photo on Facebook or Instagram and tag the hopebag.co and Jamie Lynn Walnow so that I can know that you're reposting to help spread hope and the word about this. So there's more details on Instagram and Facebook about this. And if you have questions and for some way you're not able to participate because you have an Android or whatever, message me and I'll show you how you can enter your name to win a bag in one of the four amazing colors. So go leave a written review, share this with your friends, and go follow hopebag.co on Facebook or on Instagram, whichever one you prefer. I hope this is exciting for you because I can't wait to find out who is going to have a legit hope bag. So without further ado, let's dive into this episode and let's hear how we can endure and joyfully Walk in the waiting with God on the way to a promise with God as Javanna Charrington unleashes hope in all of our hearts. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for taking the time to join me and my guests today. I do not take it lightly that you would find value in what my guests have to say and what the Lord has put on my heart because this is a place for men and women from every sphere of influence to come and be encouraged by what God is doing in his sons and daughters' lives in every sphere of influence. And today you are in for a treat because one of my best friends, Javanna Charrington, is joining us today and she is the women's director at Upper Room Dallas. She's one of my best friends. She was in my Lance's wedding party, duh. And I will tell you, This woman is the real deal. Like we have gone through so much together. We have like truly prayed in depth for God, um, for even belief in ourselves, for God to do what he said he's going to do. And I'm telling you, this woman is a beacon of hope. She's a walking testimony of the faithfulness of God. And she's also a walking testimony of God pouring out the blessings because of the faithful (laughs) way and journey. So without further ado, everybody, 
Hello, Giovanna. Hi, Jamie Lynn. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for being on here. I know like this has been something where we just knew you know, I was like, I have to have you on my podcast, and this is just the perfect time to have you. So, thank you. You're welcome. Such an honor to be here. Yes, so proud of you. Thank you. I just want to say that, like, I'm really proud of you and what you're doing, and just impacting and influencing. I mean, people you won't may not even hear about. Wow. You have, I know you've already touched many. Thanks. So, I'm just honored to be here, and I'm thankful for you, and excited for where God's taking you. Thank you. Thank you so much. And what I love, thank you. You are such a celebrator of people and for people who don't yet know you um, and will know you definitely. Um, one of the things that I think we walk together and really powerfully is we love celebrating people. Yes, we do. <laughs> yeah. We don't need to be hired to celebrate people. It's literally <laughs> like our, it could be in our names and I'm not saying that to brag. I'm saying like, we just love celebrating people. And so to be friends and get to do that together has been really special. And thank you for your words. That means a lot. Yes, absolutely. But this isn't about me, okay? This is about what is inside you <laughs> <laughs> and what God is doing. So for those of you who don't yet know you, can you share, like, what does life look like right now? What are you up to so they can get a feel for? Like I said, you're the Upper Room Women's Director. Would you say, are you the Women's Director or Pastor? pastor is what they they've been saying um, I'll take either names it doesn't matter <laughs> tell us a little bit about what you're doing in life what that looks like for you and then I'll ask you another question after that okay so um right now I am carrying a child a baby boy I am I have a daughter um who is six months old and I am also the women's pastor so it's been really busy but it's been really fun and exciting. I have to manage my time <laughs> really well to get things done well and in excellence. Um, probably one of the, the latest things with women's ministry that um, is taking off something new is that I've put together a mentorship program. So it's something that I don't want to say program, but a mother daughter um, just time where they can come together. So I've been matching mothers and daughters. We have a lot of um, young millennials at our church. And so um, there's just been a need for that and a desire for connection and growth. And so we actually had 65 daughters slash mentees email in and want to be matched with mentors, which just showed me the hunger in our body for that. And wow. so, um, that's probably taken a lot of my time lately. I'm also a wife, obviously. <laughs> and, um, so I think that's probably, I mean, spending time with the Lord, Loving on my husband, loving on my babies, and ministry have been a big deal, which ministry is even at home with my daughter right now, you know, and even in the womb praying over this child, that's ministry in itself. So um, it all kind of weaves in together, and it's just been a really beautiful time. Yeah, so that's amazing. I love that because you are such a woman who makes declarations, which hopefully we'll have time to get to that. But um, cause it is a ministry for you to be carrying a child. I know you girl, you'd be making declarations over your womb probably <laughs> morning, noon and night. <laughs> um, <Not> right. <laughs> mm -hmm. So tell us a little bit, just a quick brief history, your journey with the Lord and how you got where you are today, whatever you want to share, just so we can kind of get to know a little bit about your spiritual journey. Yeah. So, um, I'll start with water baptism. I got baptized when I was uh, 13 by my father. 
Um, I grew up in a really good home, wonderful parents. I have three siblings and um, went to Abilene Christian University. Wildcats, what's up? Wildcats, me too. <laughs> Wildcat. Um, and then it was just a brief briefing 2007. I just encountered the Lord in a whole new way. Um, I didn't know about Holy Spirit, didn't really know. I al always say, saw God as like a distant father. Um, but I, he just came in close is probably the best way to describe it. And so I had one of those encounters where he just came in close and um, I started walking with him in just a, a deeper way, a whole new way. Um, I was going through just just a lot of pain and trouble was being released during that season. And I, I, I think for the first time I realized I didn't have to carry it, that Jesus paid for it a long time ago. Oh. And um, so that began. It's that. Um, that verse that says, you know, he turns your um, valley of like hopelessness and, and the places that are dark into into gateway of hope. And so um, he was just taking that out of Hosea. He was just taking that and just showing me Song of Solomon, just that lover, that intimacy. That's the journey I've been on. I think that we're all on <laughs> um, where you just lean in close. And I, I really feel like a deeper history started building in 2007 on. So I uh, taught in the school district um, for eight years. I was a second grade teacher for four and a fourth grade teacher for four. And then I helped to build a preschool at our church um, for three years. Mm -hmm. And then a year ago, through an encounter and a series of events, I became the women's pastor. And um, so that's where that's kind of a briefing of my history with him. But I'm just so in love with Jesus and just specifically over the last four years of my life, um, he's taking me, there has been a lot of pain and that he's taken me even deeper. And so I'm really thankful. Um, it so, sounds so weird, but even in the cutting of my heart, I'm really thankful for those places because it's actually brought me um, closer to him. That's so beautiful. You know, I, it, I have chills everywhere. I, I've walked with you very close through the past several years, even up to you and I walking in marriage, you, like leading up to you and Adam getting married and just praying together, fasting and praying together. Yeah. Uh, for you fasting and praying for me and Lance and you and Adam and vice versa. And also just through the past four years, it just has been such an honor and joy. And I can honestly say confidently that you have always leaned into the Lord. And you've always been very honest with where you are. You haven't had to try. Um, there was never this pressure along the way of having it put together and perfect. And you've got it figured out. Like you've really always embraced the quote unquote waiting, the journey, the the pain, knowing that there was hope down, down the way, knowing that there was a joy set before you. And so I think that this is just such an incredible place for us to encourage um, for, for you to come on this podcast and to encourage those who are listening in, there are so, I have chills right now. I can feel the Lord. Um, there are so many people listening in who have dreams and desires in their heart, who are praying for family members to be saved, who are praying for breakthrough because they feel so bound by something dark, like depression, anxiety, whatever it may be. Like maybe gluttony, maybe an eating, like maybe some eating disorder, maybe sexual immorality, whatever it is, there's something and there's a longing for breakthrough where there's a promise and a hope that they know is possible. And I think that one of the greatest people to bring on to encourage you listening in is my friend, Javanna. And so mm -hmm. 
I think it would be cool, Jimena. I I've never really I used to not like the word waiting because it felt like um, it sounded to me like oh I'm not doing anything until like I'm I'm putting pause on everything in life until this happens. Mm-hmm. But that's not what it looks like. And so will you share with us what it means to wait or what waiting means to you? Yeah. So. <laughs> That's a big question. Um, <laughs> and dive. Well, honestly, some of the things that you said, like you went straight there when you were telling your story, you're like, and Jesus paid for it all. And I was like, and we just dove into the deep end. So, <laughs> why not just stay there? <laughs> okay. You know, that's really good. I, yeah. So like she, like Jamie Lynn said earlier, so I did, I did a, I had an eight year period of waiting on a husband and then I had a, a four year time of waiting on a child. And so, um, the themes, the one of the biggest messages probably in my life to this date would be waiting and how to wait well. And um, he's taught me that. And I, I, I get this picture of being, if you can get this image with me, um, you who are listening, but you're like in a doctor's office and it's like you're sitting there and you're seeing, it's like a sterile walls. Think of like the old school type doctor's office waiting rooms. Um, so you're sitting there and it's like sterile walls and it's sick people coming in and it's the frumpy old nurses that are grouchy. Um, there's no paintings there to look at. It's just very blah. And that is what I felt like at the beginning of my waiting. That's what I felt like it looked like. Um, and then through stories, I always like to get to stories in the word, like characters specifically, um, like Queen Esther or like Hannah are important to me. Come on. And so um, when I started leaning into stories, specifically Queen Esther, I started learning a lot about declaration and um, just getting practical tools in my tool belt. Also just watching others, you know, getting wisdom from others of, you know, what, what do you do to create color in this waiting room? Because it's very dull. And you're right. It's not, you don't just sit. It's not inactive. And so um, the Lord just started showing me through the waiting, what that could look like. And some of, one of the biggest things is declaration. And I would just encourage you, if you're in a season of waiting on business or marriage or um, a friend to be healed from cancer or a child to be healed of nightmares or whatever it looks like, um, I would encourage you to get note cards and go. I mean, you can go to BibleGateway.com. You can Google scriptures, start in Psalms. That's always a good one. A lot of edifying in there and just write out note cards. And if it just take five simple scriptures and I would, I would just walk around and I would just say them out loud. And it wasn't even necessarily things of promise. It was things just to keep my heart alive, to keep my eyes looking at him. Yeah. And um, I think that's the important part because what he did all through the waiting and desiring for the promises is he really started, I started leaning into my history with him and he really started um, awakening my heart to more of him. And so that was an interesting, I didn't expect that it like snuck purpose snuck up on me, you know? Yeah. And so what, that's one thing you can do is declaration. Um, another thing is, Before you go, yeah, I, one thing that I wanted to point out, that's so powerful. I just wanted to have a little sailor moment. Cause you said some gold and I don't want to overlook it. <laughs> you said it wasn't necessarily the declarations about the promise. Cause I think this is super important. And if you're going to touch on this in a little bit, then we can move on and whatever, what that may look like. But 
you said declarations that kept your eyes focused on him. They weren't about you. I mean, some of them could have been about promises because so many times we stare at a promise and we would think, let me look up the declarations that reveal that this promise is the one that's going to happen. But you were reading declarations that kept your focus and gaze on him. Yes. Yes. It's like, um, you know, one verse that would like, I remember saying over and over was Psalm 120. It's out of Psalm 126, but those who sow in tears will reap in joy. You know, it's like, okay, so I don't have to really wait for my promise for that to happen. I can actually have joy in the waiting. Yeah. You know, so that was creating when I was when I would read that note card out loud. It was what I didn't know was it was going into my waiting room that sterile the walls and it was creating color. It's like a, a blank canvas, if you will. And the Lord was just through my words because there's James three. There's so much power in our words we don't realize. Um, and so all of a sudden these things were coming in and seeping in colors seeping into the waiting room. I had no idea. And then it's like weeks down the road, there'd be a little, or maybe days. And sometimes it's months. And I say that because you don't, I don't ever want to put a time frame. My time frame won't be your time frame if you're listening in. Um, so then all of a sudden there's just like this thing in your heart. That's like, Oh, I'm okay. You know, like, Oh, I have peace today. And you know what? I don't have the promise, you know? Um, also I would say, did that answer your question? Yes, that's great. Okay. Um, I would say, so this is what the Lord started doing too, is turning my pain into purpose. And what does that look like? Um, that looks like for me, um, in dealing with the, the last four years of desiring a child and like infertility, I started a blog. I started an Instagram. I thought, you know what? I can't, because here's what the enemy wants you to do. He wants, he wants you to feel isolated. He wants you to feel alone. He wants to make you feel those things, but that's not reality. There's always someone who's gone before you or who is in the same season as you. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, I'm going to find these people. And so I started in a blog um, and it's, it's, it's called, it's, Right now, it's worth the waiting. That's the blog. Um, I'm not a blog. Sorry. Let me back up. The Instagram is it's worth the waiting. And so I would go on there. So if you are dealing with infertility specifically, please go on there. I'd love to encourage you. Um, but I would just go on there and I would, I told the Lord that I would pick one person every day to, to get on there. And I would go and write them an encouraging note, like just a little one-liner or like their photo, because in the infertility space, it's like isolating. It's like a dark hole. And I know you can probably relate that this story is relatable to many areas, but I just know for me, um, if I let it, it could be a very dark place. And so then I just started doing live journals, um, through a blog where I would write out what's going on today and what I'm dealing with and what hope looks like for me today or, you know, those kind of things. So turning your, my pain into purpose was another little thing that was seeping into my waiting room. And all of a sudden that frumpy old grouchy nurse who always calls me Javana actually said my name, right. <laughs> and she was, you know, turned into beauty. She, she was happy and she was joyful, you know, just yeah. giving you all of this is connecting into my waiting space, my waiting area. That's really beautiful. That seriously, um, I'm like the fact that 
you would, it, it is so easy to isolate. That's exactly what the enemy wants to do. And even, I think it's Proverbs 18, one says that those who isolate themselves are not willing to hear sound wisdom and advice. And it can be such, like, we don't understand the implications of isolating ourselves and not being with community during times of pain. And I would say, like, I do not think that that means that in the waiting time that you go tell everybody and their dog, I've learned that the hard way. I think you and I've talked about that, you know, like, as maturity comes, you realize there are, there are people the Lord will send and they may not be people that were in the past season and they may not be people even down at the road in another season. There are people the Lord will always surround you with that you can confide in and, and that will remind you of his faithfulness, that will remind you of his goodness. Yes. And that reminds me of the waiting room. Like sometimes we don't want to go to the doctor alone, right? Like we, need, we might need a support system. And I think that the whole gospel is not about me. And it's not about, it's not about us. It's not what Jamie Lincoln could do. The promise is all of this is about me. No, the whole gospel is about reaching out to those around us, which means we need one another. And that's exactly what you did during mm -hmm. this time. Like it just brings so much joy to my life because though you were one of my best friends, I'm not somebody in the journey that would necessarily connect with the Instagram that you created yeah. because that's a different story, but there are, thousands and thousands of women and men who are walking through that that you can find and you would choose whether they're a believer or not to go and encourage them and use the gift of encouragement that you have and to me that is such a powerful example so for those tuning in i do want you to pray if you don't mind and just make a declaration over them so for those tuning in you may be in a business situation where you're going through bankruptcy or you're in chapter seven maybe you just filed chapter 11 maybe you have a deal that you're waiting on. Maybe you have no connections of entrepreneurs around you, but you want to connect with others who are believers and entrepreneurs. And that's super important to connect with people in your mountain or your sphere of influence, whatever you want to call it. Um, or maybe you're in wanting to connect in politics more or whatever that may be. Um, what we all have a way to be faithful with the little and connect with others outside of ourselves, which allows us to not be looking at ourselves. Right. So you, um, maybe you want to speak into that more too. Like what did that do first before you make the declaration? Um, when you were reaching out to people, how did that shift from your circumstance to, to like realizing, you know, there has to be a point where you're like, I'm not alone. Like it's because isolation makes it about you. Like it can become a very selfish dark hole, but what does that do? What do you feel like that does for somebody who, finds a way to reach out or pray for others even. Yeah, I think um, it strengthens you on the inside for sure. I, you know, it refreshes you. It's like, oh man, just the simple things like I'm going to be okay. So let me tell you this. If you're out there, you're going to be okay. Yeah. And I'm not the only one. So get off your, you know, get, get out of your poo-poo diaper and just realize <laughs> that's what I was telling myself. Get out of your poo-poo diaper, your, your self-pity and realize you're not the only one out there who's ever dealt with this, you know? And I, another example in my single life. So Adam and I, uh, when we got together, I was that um, girl in waiting that was like, I'm ready to get married. And he, whenever we started dating, he wasn't ready yet. Mm -hmm. um, and so one of the times we broke up a few times and one of them, um, I was in my apartment and I was, just laid out on the floor, worshiping the Lord, had a song on. And I was just like, God, what can I do? And I, I felt like just 
just just kind of in my heart an impression came to go to Walmart and I was like okay so I'm just gonna get up and I'm like I'm, I, cause I was sitting in my self-pity and so I was like there's always someone you can bless at Walmart right yeah <laughs> so I go to Walmart and I'm looking around thinking who am I gonna bless today and this woman from behind me said hey Javana because again people get my name wrong mm-hmm. and um it's Javana for everybody listening <laughs> yeah it's like Savannah just put a J in front and uh, I turn around and it's this woman I met like three or four years prior um in Arkansas at a wedding okay what? and I was like her name's Cheryl and I was like Cheryl what are you doing in Dallas and she said she was going to seminary school and anyway but she ended up telling me that her mom just passed away and everything in me was like my antennas went up <laughs> and I was like this is this is it like I didn't know I was going to have that clear of a of a you know connection with someone I thought it was just going to be some random Billy Bob Joe you know yeah and um it ended up being someone I actually had met so I started praying for her and that snapped me into reality of like oh it's not about you like wake up there are, there's a hurting world out there, like a breakup compared to a mom dying, you know, it's not even comparable. And so, um, anyway, what that did is it just shifted me. It shifted me from looking downward, looking inward to shift me go, Oh my gosh, God, you're real. How can I now be used as a vessel for your kingdom, your glory? How can I be that encouragement? And so those thought patterns will take you out of your life circumstance. And so I just kind of, if that, I don't know if that helps, but I put those things on my heart and mind, you know, so the next morning, what was I doing? Lord, who can I bless today? Yeah. Yeah. Cause that's just, there's a principle in the kingdom of heaven of that, you know, you're sowing and reaping, you're blessing someone, you get blessed, (laughs) you know? And so, yeah. So that's just another example um, of getting your mind, your eyes off of you. Yeah. That's really good. Do you know something else that you did? I don't know if you were going to jump into this, but that I think is really profound is all the no- all the words and the note cards you would remind yourself. Will you share that? Yeah. Um, just I'm words like, that people share? give me. So yeah. I'd like, write them on a note card. Yes. I'm like, More affirmation. Your secrets. Will you share your all of your secrets with us? Um, <laughs> uh, I love the story about you sitting in the chair and reminding, like, I mean, it's part of your declaration message, I believe, just all the prophetic words that you wrote down. And I feel like I'm, t- I don't want to tell the story before. Well, I'm trying to remember. So I actually so may have to help me. I, I mean, I just know that as, so when someone in either waiting season, whether it was single or infertility, when they would write me a text or I would go to church and I, you know, you may or may not be in a spirit filled type of church, but and that's okay. But there was someone might give me a scripture or someone might give me it what they, they felt like the Lord was saying. And, um, I would write every one of them down and I would put them on my mirror and I would remind myself, those are more of what I call words of affirmation. So it's just affirming that God's going to do something. It's just, our timing is so different than his. Um, so if someone came and said, Hey, Jeff, I see you a mom of a son, you know, you're going to have a son. Yeah. Well, I would take that because you have to be careful too. you know, doesn't mean I'm going to get pregnant tomorrow. You know, I would take that and I would put it up because it's just hope. It's just a picture of hope for the future. Yeah. You know, so, is that what you're talking about? Yeah. And I love the illustration you did um, when you were speaking. You were speaking at one of our women's nights at Upper Room and you had me come sit in the chair 
and you had a chair that you would sit in in the waiting season. Um, and you were in the middle of, you were in the middle of your season. You were not yet pregnant. Um, little did we know you were months away from it, just a couple months away. But, uh, you, I love the picture. I'll, I'll share what I got from it. You were, you came up and you just said, um, that you had all these note cards and you'd put them out on the floor all around you. And it would remind you visually of all the words. I have chills everywhere. All the words that um, people had encouraged you with, that the Lord had spoke to you, scriptures, whatever it may be, anything that would edify and encourage and help change the atmosphere of what was going on, um, whatever the, like the enemy had no, no, no chance of standing where you would read these, regardless of what the natural, what was happening in the natural. And then you just had this picture of, it was so beautiful of uh, the Lord. There's a picture of you coming up and hugging me because you had had me come sit in your chair of the Lord just coming and just being with you. Like you are not alone in the waiting. He is so there. And he, even he is in the people. This is why we can't isolate. He is in the people that remind you of the encouraging words. Yes. Um, he's just like, look, I, I, I was in this person. I was in that person. I was in this person. I was, he was in the person. Not only did you get to minister to the woman in Walmart, Sherry, is that her name? Cheryl, Sherry, Cheryl. Yeah. Cheryl. But she was ministering to you because it, it took your eyes back to him and her and it, and it just refocused everything. Like there was a blessing in both parties there. I know. Amen, girl. That's so good. Your story. It's like you share that. You walk it so, so beautifully. Oh, um, another, another thing is, um, you said one of the one of the quotes that you wrote is "seed sown in past seasons." Yeah, me in later and current seasons. Yeah. So whenever the Lord was teaching me about, so in Queen Esther's story, um, which I love. Mm-hmm. Um, Basically, when she is with Mordecai and he is reminding her, he comes to her and he reminds her, her cousin, he reminds her, hey, this is who you are. This is like put on your garments. Like it doesn't say all this in scripture, but this is what I'm playing out in my sanctified imagination, right? Uh Like, no, he's like, I can just see him shaking her like, go set your people free. This is who you are. And she says this one little line. She says, well, if I die, I must die. And that sounds so crazy, but that was her declaration. She was, she came to a point where she realized, oh my goodness, it's not about my emotion. It's about my position and my, in my position, if I die, I must die. And that sounds so dramatic, (laughs) you know, in our like day and age, like I still have to wrap my my mind around that. Um, But that was her declaration. And I just felt that those words, sometimes when you're reading scripture, I know this has happened to you. But um, I say this for anyone listening in. It's like you're reading and you just let the Holy Spirit just let words pop off of the page. And that's what it did for me in that moment. It's if I must die, I must die. And I started thinking about that. I was like, that was Queen Esther's declaration. And so she got herself together and she realized, oh, my goodness, this is who I am. And she had community. She had Mordecai reminding her who she was because you need that in seasons. I cannot have, I could not and cannot have done this journey alone, you know? Um, and so you need that anyway. And so she remember, remembers, this is her, this is who she is. And she goes and she talks to the King and, you know, the end of the story, she sets the, her people free, essentially. (laughs) If you haven't heard the story before. (laughs) (laughs) Spoiler alert. (laughs) 
<laughs> okay, now back to what was your question? I'm getting there. Your last, oh, seed sown. So during that season, I really started learning about Queen Esther. And I feel like through that story, there were seeds that were sown in that season. Because I thought waiting on a husband was a long, I thought that was a long drawn out season. Well, what I didn't know was the baby journey was a lot harder, probably because it's a little bit more personal in my body. Um, and so it was actually seeds in that season that sustained me. That those seeds in that, that was sown in, they sustained me and steadied my heart in this season. Can you that give examples? Out of <laughs> what? Can you give examples? Um, yeah, I mean, I think just learning about Queen, Queen Esther in part yeah. in the first season, then I revisited her in the second season, or <laughs> I say second season, there's lots of seasons in between, <laughs> but in my second major time of waiting, yeah. um, when I started really learning, I started actually forming different types of declarations, and that is what was studying my heart, and I just knew, it's like, I just knew that if you were to take a garden and plant the seeds, way back then it's like i could see the root that had already taken root it had already it reminds me of psalm one you know that in in every season your your leaves will not wither you know yeah. you're planted by the water yeah and so i was planted already <laughs> and so yeah were there hard days yes were there days of trouble 100 percent. did i cry a lot Yes. Was it easy? No. <laughs> I don't want to give anyone listening in this idea that it was just all peaches and cream, you know, <laughs> um, because it was really hard. But I had things in position and pictures in position like the garden where I could go, oh, OK, I'm steady. I see you. I know you're not finished with my story yet. We're, we're just getting started. And so um, I didn't know the timing of everything. But that um, those seeds sustained me, I feel like, in this last season. I didn't, I didn't, I never lost hope. That's one thing I could confidently say. I was never hopeless. Was I sad? Sometimes, yes, but not, not without hope. You did. I can confidently confirm that, too. You never lost hope. And you were so wise about, um, even the, the, even when i looking at your, um, I know we talk about things like this, but looking at the way you handled I, I, I totally see the fruit of what you're saying because walking close with you in the dating to marriage versus the pregnancy. I mean, truly, it's like, um, I mean, it's like we've known each other so long. We've been growing up together. So I'm not saying you didn't handle one well. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying there was a difference in the way that you approached one because of the seeds. Like that is like the garden has already blossomed and you can see how he was faithful in that season. So it gives more maturity and confidence in the hope that you have in the second season. One thing that you said earlier that really stood out to me that I really want to encourage the listeners in um, is it's not about my emotion, it's about my position. I've never read that. I've never read Esther and heard that. And I love, I love that you shared that. Mm -hmm. And I think emotions are healthy to help us see where we are. Mm -hmm. They're not truth always, but right. it can be a strong dictator to be like a barometer of a lot of things. And one of the things that I see it as for me is um, my maturity and where I'm really positioned. Like how much pain am I feeling? And am I feeling this pain because of a lack of belief in an area? Like I can still have hope, 
and not have and and, and lack belief in an area truly and i and i feel like that's something i don't want to another thing you said that i don't want to move on too quickly from is it is okay and it is healthy and it is good to cry and hurt and get it out because you don't want to stuff that in and ignore it and then years down the road it's like so much bigger because it wasn't taken care of like the secret place with god and the wise small group of people that you're really confiding in during this time are the people who will help you learn how to overcome to understand the emotions get them out and overcome and grow in maturity like i really feel like that's a really beautiful part of a season of waiting and <laughs> to think that i would let my position trump the way i feel is powerful because to me that looks like a woman or a man who knows that god's going to show up and so though on the inside i'm hurting because of what's happening deeper than that i know that he's going to he's about to do something in that in the place where it doesn't look like something's being done yet yep yeah so good and I love that. So if you're listening, I just want to declare over you that emotions are good and they are from the Lord and to not overlook them, to not marinate in them too long. Okay. Um, but to let the Lord come in and show you why you're feeling the way you're feeling and to surround yourself with people who will be really real with you in the process of why you're handling the emotions or what, why the emotions are coming up so that we can grow. Because in James, it does talk about trials and Temptations and trials are going to come, but when we endure and persevere through those, it produces maturity, which then in turn, you know, we get a crown of life on our head. So it's good to embrace it all. It's good. Yes. Um, is there anything else that you feel? Um, I know you talk about spreading hope, you know, and you've talked about that a little bit. Is there anything else you'd like to say about Spreading hope to those listening. Because you were like a hope machine. Hope machine. You know, the way I picture it, and this is, you know, and all these things that I'm saying, I like to say this sentence with it. If I can do this, you can. Like, it's not just for me. It's for you, too. Like, you have the power, the hope of glory living inside of you. Yeah. And so if if that is authored in me, it can also be authored in you. So I do want to say that. Um, I think I see when I, you know, it was the, this is interesting. It was the infertility season that actually bent my heart towards women specifically who were hurting, who were maybe over a broken marriage or who felt lost or, you know, and that's actually what led me, interesting, we use the word position, but it, what, it's what led me to the position of being a women's pastor. I never signed up or I never yep. asked the Lord a long time ago, can I please be a women's pastor? I thought I was going to be a teacher my whole life. Yeah. And over time, it was like, oh, no, but you're going to be a preschool director. And then, oh, no, you're now the women's, you know, pastor. And so. Um, Which everybody else could see, too. Like the timing of it was loud. No, I'm serious. It was like. I tell, I know I tell you this all the time. She was up on stage at a, we were at a women's retreat that Javanna had put on and you were like, not the women's director, but you were helping put on this women's retreat. There was a team and, of us. Right. There was a team of us. Yeah. Yes. But you were up on stage, you were speaking 
Oh, no, there was it was worship time, and I remember when you got up on stage. Uh, there's no man you won't climb. Up, da, 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 da. There's no wall you won't kick down. Why you won't tear down? Okay, so Javana gets up on stage, and she in front of all these women, 250 women. I don't know how many there were. There were a lot. Yeah, 200, around 200. I think around 200. Yeah. 200. Okay, Javana's up on stage, and she throws her leg up in there and kicks it. There's no wall you won't kick down. Lie, and she like hits the air, and I was like, all of a sudden, I was like. This is exactly what women need. They need to see somebody who doesn't care and who will let them in, who is like in the middle of your pain, in the middle of your journey. I mean, like literally you shared something so profound during that weekend of what you literally were just right within weeks of like a week or two in the middle of, yet you still poured hope into a group of women when you still did not see the fruit of what you were standing for. And to me, I'm like, that's another way that you have spread hope. And it's like, we have gifts. Your gift is like, I, I love your gift. You allow people to be them fully and people feel comfortable being them around you. And one of those ways is because you kick your leg. Um, but really, I, I just so think there's something important about continuing that position, continuing that gift of encouragement that you have when you feel like, when you may not have encouragement, you may have hope, but maybe you're hurting, but encourage people because if that's your gift, that's going to make your heart come alive. And one of the things that I know you had, you wrote to me was, um, during all this, it stirred hunger even more for God in you. Yes. It was probably that retreat. Cause that's the first time I'd ever shared publicly yeah. that I was dealing with infertility Which and I had just had a miscarriage two weeks before. And so, um, I really was ready to throw the towel in. I didn't want to speak anymore. I was so, just to be real and raw with y'all, I was so just wanting to kind of be in my closet in the fetal position. I mean, if we're getting honest. And I remember sitting with um, the Lord one day and, and I heard Holy Spirit um, say this, will you let me use you in your pain? And, um, you know, I had a choice at that point. I could have said no. And I think he, I don't, you know, I think I could have been blessed. I don't know, you know, but I just decided, I made that decision that I was going to just come anyway and show up. And even if I'm a bawling mess up on stage in my sharing, yeah. um, then that's what it is. And the Lord just showed up so powerfully. I mean, even to, to me and then in the room. And I, I cannot tell you how many women came up after that and said, are you sure you're not pregnant? Because they had never heard anyone share in the middle of yeah. the mess. Because that one's a little bit, I mean, I'm sure there's other messes that maybe aren't as private, but that one's a little bit more personal, you know, vulnerable. Um, and so they just couldn't believe it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I was just so thankful the way the Lord came and um, strengthened me and encouraged me. Because see, and you know, it doesn't have to look like me. I'm a little more an, of an extrovert than some others. Good point. Um, you know, and so sometimes I think we think, oh, well, now I got to go share my story. No, that's not what I'm saying. That's what the Lord led me to. And when he did lead me there, because I shared and was obedient in that time, so much fruit came from it. Yeah. And then led me later down the road to being women's pastor. It was actually an encounter that weekend yeah. that I had that I knew, oh, this, I, I think this is more than just this weekend <laughs> for women. <laughs> so. It was really good. And one of the things that happened in the room too, when she was sharing, um, one of the things that opened up was bitterness 
Yes. And towards the Lord for not doing what he said he would do, which he's always going to do what he said he's going to do. But I'm like, this is like another sermon in itself, unhealthy expectations on how we think he's going to do it. And when we think he's going to do it can really, if we're not careful, cause bitterness. And I mean, like literally dozens and dozens of women came forward and were healed from bitterness. And that painting I did. And your I was- painting, I actually had it. I, I This is so funny. I was going to bring it up, like bring it on screen, but it's in my purse in another room. But I like took it from my office today because I thought, oh, this is a really powerful piece. So do you have it around? Um, Yes, I do. Okay. I do have it around. Um, okay. Anyway, if- it's a powerful piece that because it was from that um, verse, Proverbs 27, 7. Um, where he it's it talks about him taking the bitter places and turning them sweet. And so I'm going to look that up because I want to read it. I think it's worth mentioning. But there were so many women who were just in that place of bitterness. I was blown away. And that that came out during worship. Um, one version says in the New Living Translation, a person who is full refuses honey. <laughs> but even bitter food tastes sweet to the hungry. So that's a wonderful version um, of that because it just, that's what it was. It was hunger for him that was, and desire for him that was replacing the bitterness, you know, and the sweet places were coming forth. So there it is. Of your beautiful face in the plastic. But I remember painting all the flowers and the background is black. It was important that it was black and I paint all the flowers and I thought it was beautiful. And then I heard the Lord say paint gold. And I was like, why would I ruin the painting? <laughs> and then all of a sudden before, like, it, this is what I love about prophetic art too. When I go and paint places, it's such a, it's such a beautiful way to access the prophetic gift because I'll hear a word. And I heard, wow, this honey is dripping over bitterness in the hearts of women. And then you gave a word that you felt like if people were feeling bitter or hurt or angry towards or whatever. And it, it was just such a, that's how you, to me, that's what's so powerful when we have one another working together. And I think one of the worship leaders, there was a lot of different elements where that was the word that came forth. And sometimes even for me, I don't understand why I'm going to paint. And then I hear the Lord say it and it's confirmed. And then he does it in the room. And it's like, he doesn't, he doesn't do anything without first revealing it to his sons and daughters on earth. Okay. That's scriptural. And so for us, it's so important to lean into the Lord in these journeys because he will reveal to us or to others what he's going to do on earth. And so we hear the end, but we don't always know what the waiting is going to look like, but you have such great insight. So just to recap what, what are, what are some ways you want to encourage us again? Cause you, you mentioned them. Um, on how to make, how to bring color into the waiting room. I love that picture. That's so beautiful. Yeah, I would say declarations, affirmations, two different things. Declaring is whenever you're speaking it forth as though it doesn't exist out of Romans 4, 17. And then um, affirmations, you're just affirming who you are. Um, two different things. Affirmations was, again, more used from community. So they would text me or give me a word, and I would have them written on my mirror. Um Turning your pain into purpose. So what does that look like for you? Um, Maybe there's something active you can do, like writing a blog or starting an Instagram, those kind of things um, that will it will take your eyes off of you. And then just getting to that place of worship 
and praise and diving into the word. I mean, those sometimes we think, oh, those are does, but I want to, they're worth mentioning because we forget how powerful the word is. And um, people ask me quite often, you know, well, I want to read the word, but where do I start? And Psalms is always a good place to start. So it's, there's just so much edification that something, even I mentioned earlier, Psalm one, you know, it's like, and then make that, then sometimes you, you read it and then you make that your declaration. Well, I am declaring that I will not wither in any season that I'm in. Yeah. Um, but I do have a declaration to read over. So this was a declaration that came from that women's retreat. I'm going to have some blanks in here. I'm going to slowly read it. Are we wrapping up? Yeah, totally. Okay. So I'm going to slowly read it. And I probably should tell people the praise report after all those seasons of waiting. Oh yeah. This last season of waiting, huh? Let me do that before I dive into declaration. <laughs> that is so funny because we're just so in it. Yep. That would be great. Okay. Let me share. So praise report testimony. Um, God is so faithful. Uh, we encountered several losses all throughout our pregnancy journey specifically. Um, but in May of last year, we decided to go. So 2018, we decided to go with, uh, the Lord started shifting our hearts towards adoption and beautiful people. Speaking of community, the lovely Jamie Lynn came alongside us and created a store where we could buy, people could come in and buy paintings or her sister did amazing jewelry. And there were all these different products that people could buy to raise money for the adoption because we did a private adoption, which is more expensive. Um, and then that was a journey in itself that maybe we have another time later to talk about the adoption journey. But it started in May of 2018. And in February of 2019, we uh, got a call on February uh, 19th that morning that our little girl was born. And so we drove to get her and we stayed in the hospital. Beautiful story with birth mom for two nights. And um, then the Lord wasn't done yet. And 11 days later, we found out we were pregnant. And so all of the reaping, all of the, this is a reaping season for us, but all of the sowing was worth the wait. Yeah. (laughs) All of the things he did, even in the cutting, even in the hurting, even in all of it, the history it all was worth it. And so we have a beautiful little daughter who's six months old and little baby boy will be due November 5th. (laughs) And so um, we are just so honored, so humbled and grateful to God. He really is a miracle working God. He's a way maker, a promise keeper, a light in the darkness. He just doesn't stop. So just let that be an encouragement to you. I'm going to read this declaration over you. You fill in the blanks as you listen in. Um, for your own life. And um, I just hope today was an encouragement for you. It was amazing. When you're done reading the declaration, we're going to close up and um, let people know where to find you. Okay. That sounds good. All right. Today, I am defined by who you are, what you've done, and what you say. Because of what you've accomplished for me, I am, fill in your blank, I am free. I am full of Holy Spirit and lack nothing. My body is whole and healthy and I've been giving life and I can dot dot dot. I am completely loved, accepted and celebrated as a daughter or a son. Th- through you I am grafted into dot dot dot. 
I am no longer an orphan, but I have received the spirit of adoption. I have everything my heart needs for myself and others. I have confident access to your heart and your limitless wisdom. I have crazy joy, faith, and hope despite my circumstances. I am truly alive and thriving. I have your power and strength. I will pursue my king and his kingdom first, knowing that... I look at you, the promise keeper, and take my eyes solely off the promises. I surrender all of it to you, knowing thank you for all you've done, all you're doing, and all you're going to do. I give my body, soul, and spirit permission to be fully alive, and and we declare all this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. <laughs> I love that. I love, I love how... Thank you for bringing that declaration on. And so for you guys who would love to make that declaration, rewind, hit pause when she pauses and ask the Holy Spirit, you know, what does he want to fill in in that declaration for you? Because that's really important. And it totally shifts the atmosphere of where you are. Yes. Um, okay. So Javanna, thank you for coming. Where can people find you and connect with you? Yeah, if you want to connect with me, hear more testimonies, or even have a copy of this declaration, you can. This information has changed to this answer, so I just thought I'd hop on here real quick and say thank you for joining us. If you would like to get into contact with my girlfriend, Javanna Charrington, you can go to worththewaiting.com for her blog, or you can go to at, on Instagram, it's worth the waiting. Another thing is we are doing a giveaway because her and Adam have started a company called The Hope Bag. It is a baby bag. It's a backpack in four different colors. 10% of every single purchase goes to families who are doing private adoption because it is expensive and people sewed into them and so they want to sew into others. That's the kingdom of heaven, am I right? So if you go do what's on our Instagram, go check out my Instagram for details, you and your name can be entered in to win a gift. Oh my goodness, guys, help me out. Your name can be entered into the drawing for this giveaway, and I'm going to buy the backpack for you. There's four different colors. You'll even tell me what color you want, and February 1st, it'll ship to you. How cool is that? It's silly not to participate. It's $150 value. Right now, the bags are $50 off a piece if you go to hopebag.co. So go check it out. Go support this girl. Go support families who are putting their names in for private adoption and I cannot wait for you to connect with her and follow her on Instagram because she's such an encouragement. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for sowing your time into this. I hope you've been encouraged and I look forward to hearing from you. Now go participate in the giveaway because we, I want to buy back for you and it's going to one person and it could be you. You never know unless you try.